He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. I think the future of hospitality actually looks very fun. And nobody expects me to use that word. But the groundwork of the hospitality industry has been laid down by our grandparents. And now it's our generation's turn to utilize the data that we have and to make really fun, curated experience for the different travel pods that are happening. And we're going to dig into that. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and I'm really excited for this episode because, well, all of our guests are amazing, so it's always great to have another amazing person on the show. So, Chloe, I want you to kind of give us a quick deep dive on who you are and your background and a little sneak peek of what we're going to talk about today because it's going to be quite interesting uh, to hear from your experiences and how all this plays into data, technology, and the future of hospitality. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so glad to be called an amazing guest. (laughs) There's a first for everything. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Well, my background is um, actually in real estate. I started in 2014 as a broker and I very quickly realized that there was a gap in the whole residential sort of um, space with where technology was missing. So I have a company called Brick where we basically help consult and find the best prop tech uses for um, hospitality and across all asset classes. Now, what I think is really so exciting about uh, the bridge that is happening between residential and the hospitality space, because as you could see, Airbnb has kind of come become that band-aid word where it takes over the entire SDR, which is a short-term rental space, and it's knocking hotels to their knees. But what's really interesting is that hotels are adapting really quickly to this, and everybody is really being able to like kind of become a little bit more fun in, in terms of how they're utilizing the data that is available to us. How are people traveling? Where are they traveling to? Are they traveling in groups or together? What are they looking for? What kind of amenities are they looking for? Um, are people actually living and in, in, in an apartment for long-term or they're living short-term? Is there like now a medium ground between hotel living and short-term furnished rental living, right? So there's so many things that are happening in this space that is so beyond exciting. And having worked in AI for so long, I'm a big proponent of AI, which is human intelligence. And I feel like now we have the ability to bring in that 
human element to utilizing tech that experience that helps elevate the actual human experience. So it's a very, very exciting time. Holy cow. That was a lot in <laughs> one little beginning, but I love it because there's so much to dive into. And it's like you're a girl after my own heart because all that stuff is truly like what I, I feel passionate about, you know, the human experience. But how are we able to leverage this technology that we have today in order to curate better experiences? And what you're talking about is just spot on. So I'm really happy about that. Um, for prop tech, though, I'm kind of curious. So what you guys do, is it brisk, you said? Brick, B-R-I-Q. Perfect. So brick with brick. What do you guys um, I guess maybe my my go to question for you: What like what's been your favorite either software or technology that you guys have been um, either recommending or putting in place for other clients and stuff like that? I'm kind of curious just on to see what what that looks like. Okay, so the company Brick, um, it's bybriq.com. That's the website, but um, that that company really helps consult with the end user to be able to find the pro- the right technology for them. A yeah. lot of it is boring, boring. Like do we use like Yardi or Buildium or Appfolio um, yeah. putting in heat maps in place in the space and making sure that there's AI utilization with mechanical things such as the HVAC coils and, um, and the shafts of elevators. So it's, it's exciting, but it's also a little bit, you know, monotonous. What I yeah. find really exciting and I'm, not going to lie, not a lot of developers have been use, utilizing this is heat maps on, on glasses so that when somebody walks into your showroom, you can actually see where their eye goes around the space. So if you're a developer and you built out, let's say a $5 million showroom to sell out a residential condo building, when people come into the showroom, nobody's tracking the heat maps of the people, like mm-hmm. putting the cameras in place or even having the the glasses on to really see where their eye movements are going so that we can start quantifying like, you know, qualifiable features such as views, right? Like what is the difference between like an upper right hand um, kitchen cabinet or what's the importance of trees versus the ocean versus mountains, which is obviously individually based, but also what about colors and brands and things of that nature. And there's like so much more that we can get into that we've seen in the retail space, right? Omni-channel marketing is in the retail space, but it's not in the hotel space. Now, in order to get into the hotel slash residential space with this, the hoteliers and the developers need to be able to see like proof of concept that it's working because they're making their money and they're doing fine. And I find that when we have like the the old guy in the office that has had this family business for yeah. years and they just they, they just do what they do and they don't really care to experiment. But then, you know, sometimes their sons or daughters um, come to me and they're like, all right, Chloe, let's like break the mold and let's get innovative. Yeah. I love that. And it's kind of, it goes back to what you're saying about, you know, the doomsdayers and and how COVID in the beginning was like a, Oh my gosh, the industry is gone. But at the end of the day, we saw that those who said, you know, well, we've been doing this for 20 years. Why would we ever change? They kind of had to force the change or they went out of business. And at at the you know end of the day, it's kind of a, a big thing. So that's really cool though. So using heat mapping to track the, I guess the human eye and where it's going for a building, that's some like serious technology, not like a software, like that's a serious technology. 
Right, exactly. And if you think about it, I don't know if you've read the book Homo Sapiens by Yuval Harari, but it kind of maps the our, our progression on Earth from like Homo Neanderthals all the way to where we are today. Yeah. And one of the coolest things about it is like we go through these different periods, like the industrialization and civilization, all these different sort of periods that we go through to become where we are. But like we kind of have it all now, right? Like we have all the technology, we all have toilet paper, we all have, most of us has bread on the table. I'm not. Obviously, there are, you know, third world countries that don't have it all that we're doing our best to help them as well. But we do. There's so much abundance. It's almost overabundance. We're obese, right? There's too much um, that now we get to be able to do things that we couldn't have done before when you're running from a saber toothed tiger. Right now we can decide, okay, what is the human experience? What do you actually want? What are your desires and what are your true needs and do you need a cookie cutter hotel room that's a square box with like a bed in it to just sleep? Or do you want to have preloaded business podcasts on the computer screen with like two headphones attached to the side of the beds so that each of you can listen to your own podcast, right? Like it's just, that's like a little thought I just had, you know, that is not available. And if you're curating travel for corporate travel or you're curating travel for families or you're curating travel for bachelorette parties, like now we can really dig into humans and humanity and curating experiences. And the good thing about niche marketing is that there's always available, like there's always a need and there's always 100% occupancy. Yeah. Uh, More so than the standard, you know, hotel chains. Yeah, no, that's true. Very true. And I, you kind of said something that sparked, uh, I guess a question I've never really asked or thought about asking on the show or in life in general, but, you know, talking about experiences and how you said, you know, we're overabundant, right? Like there's, we have everything. So with that, my question really, I want to form it. And maybe this is like a fun topic just for even the listeners to kind of ponder on and, and think about, but is have, what is left to experience? If we have an overabundance of this stuff is it really going to be dialed back into the simplicity of a normal human interaction compared to all this, get on your mobile app, do this, do that, scan this, do this is, what do you think? Okay. So no, I don't think it's going to go back to simplicity. And I do think that the human element could or could not be there. It could be a self check-in hotel, or it could be a front desk concierge hotel. Both work equally well in the world of abundance. I think this is where the difference is, right? It's the curated to personal needs. For example, there's Airbnb where there's actual beehives in the backyard. There's bark and breakfast for you to bring your pets along. I've had a pet rip up one of my hotels. Oh, pain in the neck Then for hotels. Well, we love our pets. We love our pets. Okay. And then number three, there was um, button breakfast. I heard heard someone of the clubhouses, like people are getting super, super curated. There's even like um, a a kosher Airbnb, like for people like vegan Airbnb, why ADA accessible Airbnbs, right? Maybe Airbnbs for people who are blind. Like there is so much more that we can do. So right now I have partnered up with a hotel group that just bought a, you know, 20 floor, large building, a $25 million building, and we're going to be turning it into a hotel. But I have been pushing the concept of doing a mixed use between extended stays as well as a hotel group and to come up with a branding and positioning. There's another fund that I'm partnering with looking at purchasing a 120 unit building that is going to be gorgeous. And instead of turning it into a typical hotel, we're 
very into, and well, I'm very into pushing the agenda of creating a brand positioning. Like, yes, we're not Airbnbs. We're not about bees or barks or bud or whatever it is specifically, but creating a certain type of travel. So for example, if you have X amount of units in downtown of a city, why don't you create a corporate stay? And when I say corporate stay, like for example, preloaded business podcasts that are paid for on the TV screen, headphones that are wireless by the side of the bed that you have lights there so everyone can use it, but they each wirelessly connect to the to the TV screen and you can both be streaming two different episodes. Why not have like the, the, the shades and the bed work for your circadian like rhythm and you can even like pre-program that with an app prior to your arrival? Why can't you use your app to book the conference room downstairs on the third floor that's kind of built out like a we work yeah. and instead of having these huge uh, like what's that word gregarious like obscene lobbies that just are clunky and nobody is sitting there and they just smell bad and it's like why not have a floor that has these incredible you know we were kind of amenities and then you're in bed, listen to your podcast. You have a brainstorm. You book the podcast room downstairs or you book the YouTube studio downstairs with the green wall, or you book the conference room on your app, 9 a.m. or 6 a.m. I'm sorry, 6 a.m. The lamp, like the curtains automatically go up. You're woken up slowly with like the music of your choice. You go downstairs. The podcast room is waiting for you. You record your podcast and you can do this while you're traveling. And like that is curated experience. That's the digital nomad. That's the modern corporate executive that's traveling that no longer just wants to be in a box of a room and then come into the office exhausted, drinking cheap coffee. You know what I'm saying? So like that is an example of a brand positioning that's not so off kilter and so off niche as like a beehive, but it's still extremely curated experience. Tell me what business person won't pay a premium, whatever, $50 a night, hundred dollars a night just to have that experience. I mean, your employers will pay for that just so that you come to the office the next day ready to work. Right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned podcasting a couple of times. I was like, hell I'll pay for that right now. Like meet me there. We'll do a podcast live. Let's go. So no, that's really cool. And I, I, I think that's really, it does come down to, I think the change of overall accommodation, right? I, I was interviewing and I'd, Tell me if you've known this company or heard of this company, but Muse, it's a um, property software. Um, and I was interviewing one of the founders and we we're talking about how, you know, we, I think, did get too cookie cutter in the sense of it's a box. And what do you use this room for? This room is really used for three certain things. And so it's sleep, work and restroom. So hygiene, shower, toilet, you name it. So we only use it for really three space, three, three certain reasons. So we got to change the the way we sell the room instead of, or sorry, we're going to change how we sell the room. And now we're going to sell space. We're going to sell like what you're talking about, you know, YouTube podcast uh, conference room. And I've worked in hotels. I know you've been involved in hotels and the way we sell our conference spaces is so outdated, so outdated. So I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, have a easy mobile app um, book that. Uh, so I actually have a question that actually goes into that though. With enough companies creating their own, whether it's Marriott's Bonvoy or IHG, or maybe if you're even just an independent boutique brand that has like three to five, maybe 10 properties, right? With enough companies creating their own apps, is that going to get a little frustrating as a traveler if I maybe am, I'm dedicated to Marriott, but then I love staying with this private 
Chloe Boutique uh, hotel group that I, you know, get to travel in and, and get those podcast YouTube experiences. Do you think that would add up over time or is there going to be a way that all these, you know, technologies in general are just going to become universal? Is there a universal solution for this? So the organized version of my brain wants to say there'll be one spot to do this and that's it. But I think that I obviously don't know the answer, but my thought of what I really see things going is as follows. I think Airbnb disrupted the vertical Mm -hmm. and the niches are just popping up all over the place. And I think that they're going to continue being separate apps as all these soft brands are launched across the board. Actually, one of them just reached out to me to create another platform for them, oh, wow. which I'm not sure if I really want to get into, but it, <laughs> it, um, actually I'm under confidentiality. So let's just skip that part. Yeah. So, um, I do think that as these brands continue to launch their soft brands across the board, what's going to become more and more important is customer loyalty and the mm-hmm. retention program. And that's where the omni channel marketing comes in that I mentioned in the beginning, yeah. it's kind of creating this entire cured experience and having them say, I want to stay at a Chloe brand because I know it's sustainable and I'm going to sleep really well and I'm going to have all my amenities needed and med and everything that I need is going to be there. And the quality of service is always going to be good. And so therefore I want to stay at like a hotel Chloe. And and I think that that's going to keep happening. And I think that people, as like I said, we have a privilege now, right? We have the privilege of saying, well, I want to glamp or sleep in a yurt. Or in a bubble tent. I mean, back in the day, it's like if you had an air conditioning, that was an amenity. Now it's like if you have dirt, <laughs> it's an amenity. <laughs> but the truth is, is that we are getting um, more and more into humanity, more and more into our personal needs. And so people are just going to be a different type of traveler. So it's like, I'm a travel pod person, or I am the type of traveler that just like visits glamping sites around the world. So maybe there'll be one major Airbnb type site for glamping, but I do think that the soft brands will have to create the customer loyalty and then people are just going to keep booking those same sort of things. But I actually think that people are going to be looking for experiences. So they're going to start booking based on experience. So it's like, Hey honey, what are you in the mood of? And I'm like, well, I'm in the mood of, you know, I've been in the office nine to five every single day. And we both know it's probably 18 hour days and (laughs) I make you know, a million dollars a year, but I kind of want to have a farm to table experience. They're like, okay, let's book a ranch on Montana where they actually make you go pick the veggies in the morning and then they cook it for breakfast. So like the guy gets to feel like his hands in the dirt and he really gets to feel experience. So he like loves it. Right. Or the other way around, like you get to travel by experience. So I think that that's where it's going to really become popular. So will there be separate I don't even want to call them OTAs, but will there be like separate sites per experiential vertical? I don't know, but there definitely will be separate sites per like soft brand. Yeah, I I totally agree. I follow along with that. And we recently did an episode about uh, niche marketing and niche, you know, everything and how that's kind of playing into a role with direct bookings or getting off platforms like Airbnb that are, you know, having such a huge demand and guest travel. But Um, You did say something earlier, and I want to revisit this because this is something that really gets me excited, and I love everything you've been saying, so I think this is going to be an episode for the record, just an FYI. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for you and your property assets. With their platforms, your property gets the best in-class tech and connections to remote access, guest screening, 
booking protection, and payment processing. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, back to the episode. Um, but uh, you talked about flexible living. So like the hotel group where you're going to have kind of like a residential aspect or maybe a wing or a floor, and then the rest will be ran like you know, a hotel. So tell me more about that because I, I've been with some friends that are doing a similar project and, you know, we've seen other places or companies like RealPage with, uh, you know, Kigo launching their Migo program and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious to hear more about that with you. What's going on in that sector? What do you what are your thoughts on the maybe use of data and technology? Is this something that the industry needs or is it kind of like being pulled or pushed? What, what are your thoughts on it? So my thoughts on it is, is that I'm an ideas person, but I'm also a data science person. So everything and every idea that I come up with, I always like do market validation with data scientists that I actually try to hire from local universities, um, their local MSMB program. So that I'm a very big believer in helping elevate local markets as you invest in their cities. Um, So with these things that are coming out, I mean, I think that most of us are very brave and I say us, but I'm not really in the forefront, but the people who are putting up the capital and people who are buying and purchasing these buildings are very brave because we are experimenting. And I've seen 15 to like, you know, I want to say 1500, but I'm exaggerating type of different variants of the same business model, right? So it's like pop-up hotel as you lease out the building, mm-hmm. membership-based leasing, membership-based leasing with property management. If you want to Airbnb 180 days a year, like yeah. um, r- room rentals, apartment rentals, monthly rentals, long stay short. Like it's, it's just like the variations and the little variants that are happening are just constantly growing and growing. And there are so many successful companies that are not even necessarily VC backed. So we're not necessarily studying their business models mm-hmm. to see what's actually happening. Um, Now, I kind of like lost track of what your question was, but what I kind of feel like I'm answering it or. Yeah, no, with the flex living, just going into that and what, you know, doing research and it sounds like you're uh, as one of my mentors says, uh, he is a creative analytic. So you're a very creative out of the box person, but you usually go into that research data science type aspect where that backs up the creativity. A hundred percent. And so, you know, I've had a lot of um, different groups that approached me. And these groups are actually a variation of personality types. Some people come from a background of, you know, the corporate background of like hedge fund and capital. And there are people that are coming from the background of developers. And then there are people that are coming from the hospitality, more like uh, restaurants, hotels sort of background, but they're all kind of coming together and they're hiring me to consult with them, which I want to start pushing to get like equity and to start building in a partnership instead of just being the consultant that yeah. literally launches their brands, exactly. but to help um, curate this. And it's market by market. Every single market's different, but it is so exciting and so much fun to see it because not only are people traveling differently, um, people are thinking differently in terms of travel. So they're traveling differently if they're, let's say, traveling by themselves or travel pods. Mm-hmm. Travel pods is like a trend. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah. So it's like this trend where people are just traveling in groups that they trust. So it's like, these are all their friends that are either all vaccinated or all not vaccinated or all on the same page politically or whatever it is. And so they're all together and they're traveling in pods. So now instead of hotel units being these cookie cutter boxes, each each unit is its own 
entity. So like a lodge versus a room next to another room or things of that nature. But it all really comes down with market validation. But then there's like this little, like little part of me that I really listen to very strongly. It's the intuition part. And that's the risk factor. And you can't be in the forefront of any war or any revolution or any disruption if you don't have the ability to live with uncertainty. And I certainly love uncertainty. I love the unknown and it's the most exciting territory for me to explore. So I am that person who like Columbus discovers America. And then now that we discover it, like you go ahead and build it yeah. <laughs> onto the next territory. But I think that this is a very fun territory to explore. And there's some intuition that plays into it. For example, do you put a spa in a place that has no spas, right? Will people come? Will they not come? Like, can you create a membership based sort of, um, we work space if they don't even have that concept they don't understand even what co-working is right yeah. so like how do you build things that are outside the parameters of data research right so now you can try to create like a correlated audience and look at like look alike audience and make correlations with audiences like in other states so like this state has similar um provisions as this state and they have similar infrastructures to in terms of transportation, what about taxes? Taxes yeah. is a big thing, like a TIF tax, like government assistance, like opportunity zones. There's a lot of different reasons why people come. Corporate taxes, right? Like if you build, will they come? Like you have to look at all these different um, things, but then you can really start building out a picture and you can kind of estimate how successful you're going to be in any given market. But the intuition part is the play part, but that's a lot of fun too, because it's intuition. I mean, you can see it, you can feel the trend coming, yeah. but it's not as validated as the other hard data facts are. It's validated to you, but to everyone else, it's still like put eh, a toe in the water kind of deal, you know? Um, and so I, you, I love, yeah, I just love these high level conversations on the podcast, but for, for this type of business and trend or not even trend, I hate calling it a trend, the shift in the industry. Right. So you're talking about super curated, super experiential, which I, I love. I think this is what we're here for. You know, like you said, our, our grandparents laid the foundation by, you know, getting the hotels and getting the lodging industry to become such a huge thriving industry. But now with COVID and the way it shifted and the way, you know, the world is kind of very mobile. Um, I'm curious to, you know, think about is this scalable at the level that we were at prior like this is super unique and super curated and super different where you know when you could pop up 150 marriott courtyards in a year um but popping up you know 150 you know pop-up hotels or unique brands is that something that's going to scale is it sustainable um or is it more of a long game that it slowly builds up and as it does the demand increases and gets to a point where it levels out and stays there I understand your question. Um, there's two words to that proof of concept and then diversification. So a hundred Marriott's popping up and scaling is proof of concept, but that's proof of concept before the shift, right? Mm -hmm. We're in the age of Aquarius. <laughs> We're in the age of abundance. We're, we've shifted. I yeah. mean, it's pretty obvious to everybody. So that proof of concept is no longer there. Do we have the proof of concept for the newer version? No. But I am actually, this is not just a high level conversation. There are actually two buildings that this is going into right now. And there are millions of dollars on the line with it. And so 
my answer to that is diversification. So what I've been doing, and I'm very careful about this, is introducing the new almost on an inception level while still maintaining some of the old, right? So with the building that will have certain floors for extended stays and certain floors for the hotel, there's also going to be um, the amenities floor is the biggest game changer. The amenities floor that I'm building out is going to be amenities that, like we spoke about, conference rooms that could be booked, podcasts, YouTube studios that can be booked, um, private film booths that can be booked by an app and things of that nature that will also be available on a membership basis for actual local people in the city. So the goal of that is, is that there are, I've, I've built in, and I, I don't want to go into too many details because we really are in ideation right now. Yeah. And obviously I don't want to give all my ideas away. I mean, yeah. you could do it in your market yeah. <laughs> um, or hire me. But the thing is, is that I think um, I've built in multiple streams of income there. So it's not just the hotel and it's not just the extended stays and it's not just the membership model. And it's not just necessarily the conference room that's going to be like a we work. And yeah. the reason I did it that way is because that's the only way that we've seen through COVID you can survive is when you have enough diversification within your portfolio and your portfolio could even be one building at this point. So there is no more proof of concept is my opinion. There is no more proof of concept. I mean, yeah. like that doesn't work anymore. I mean, those Marriott sat empty, right? And yeah. nobody really wants to travel like that anymore. Well, so go ahead. So how do we create a new proof of concept? I think you do it by being brave, using data science, using ideas and using intuition, and then diversifying it enough that in the case one doesn't work, you still have enough leg with the other ones to kind of like lift it up. But majority of it works. Like the short-term rentals work. It works. It's done. The hotel, like it works. So whatever we're doing is just creating a more experienced experience. So there's no way that it's not going to work. Like, I don't see anyone saying like, Oh, I could book a hotel room, but it doesn't have X, Y, and Z, but now it has ABC and X, Y, and Z. Like, I don't see why people won't book it. hundred percent. And I, I think, um, when it comes to all this, it's really interesting because you're right. This is, uh, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I think we all saw it, but like with that what I struggled with the most as a hotel manager was that we were only depending on the nightly rate. We didn't have a restaurant. We didn't have, you know, all this other stuff. It was a very independent boutique condominium hotel that, you know, was very dependent on nightly rate, especially in a seasonality town. So with COVID opening up and then like Airbnb and a few of these other operators, whether it was vacation rental management companies, um, you know, hotel groups that pivoted really quickly before, you know, anything really truly happened. Um, we saw that they survived due to the diversification that you said of revenue streams. They're not just depending on nightly rate, especially where you know how in the hotel industry where one competitor drops their rate super low, what does everybody do? They follow and they just give up. They just give up money. Um, and so I think this is going to be really key because what we've actually been seeing, and I love that you even talked about it with the, um, the, the executive CEO getting his hands in the into the farm and pulling out his breakfast that morning because we're doing something similar with our vacation rental company where we're actually partnered with the local coffee roaster where you can actually get your first cup of coffee in the morning and watch it be brewed and roasted and all this other stuff in front of you right then and there. Obviously, you're probably not going to have your coffee before that moment, so you're going to be a little tired getting there, but it's well worth it because you get to experience something way different than you would you know, anywhere else. 
So I think I have an idea for you. All right. Why don't you deliver the coffee and on the coffee cup holder have a QR code where they can watch their coffee have been made like a video of it this way. They don't have to get up and go see it and probably can use the same video. No, 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 that's good. That's actually really good. Um, We've, we've done something similar with uh, like meal, um, like let's say you and a significant other come in and you want to have a romantic dinner. Well, we do a, like a curated chef experience, but virtual. Um, okay. So yeah. That's I like that. I like, I like that. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it. Um, sweet. Well, no, this has been really fun. And I just, I love geeking out a little bit because sometimes I think even in our space, we get so caught up in one specific you know blinder where it's just like we put on our our blinders and we just go straight forward but hearing these different things is really really important i hope the you know audience in general just gets some good value from this conversation uh but i think you need to coin something really quick because you said it and i was like oh man i love this um so ai to hi so i think that's something like just needs to be Chloe HI, you know, I just gotta, you gotta coin that. It's too good. Um, I like that. I mean, I did. So when I launched my YouTube channel, it was called HI with Chloe, which is human intelligence with Chloe. Love that. Um, and then I have a website called high humanity. So high and also it's HI. Yeah. Um, and I was going to go in a very spiritual route about like elevating humanity. Um, and then I put up a video about how to invest in real estate and like that just got all the views. And so now everyone is like teaching me how to invest in real estate. So now all of my channels are real deals by Chloe and I teach people the real deal behind investing in hotels and Airbnb and all that kind of stuff, elevating people to empower themselves. But, um, I know I definitely love the whole HI thing. Um, it's not coined, but it's, I kind of already have started with that. I say, this is actually my quote. It's like a better me leads to a better we, which leads to a better humanity. Mm. That's spot on. Love it. Um, <laughs> well, I actually have one final question, I guess, before, like, and it kind of goes into what were you doing before you even got into real estate? Like, what were the moments that led you down this path? Because I feel like we covered a lot of like diverse topics as we've been talking about diversity and all this other stuff, but I'm just curious, like, what was that moment where you were like, yeah, I'm going to go down this route? So I don't have that one moment. And this is not a very quick answer. Are you sure you want to hear it? I'm, I'm available. Whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I have had a very long life. I'm 35 years old. Um, I've had a long career, a long life. I've, I've lived many lifetimes in one life. A lot of different things. I was raised Orthodox Jewish. I broke free from that kind of like world. I was proposed to four times. I was engaged <laughs> twice. I got married once. I did all these different things. Um, just trying to figure out life, but by myself, right? Yeah. I never had mentors or anyone above me other than the universe. And I actually went to school for clinical nutrition and science. So I had, it has nothing to do with this, but my passion was interior design and having gone through all the diversity and the reason why I brought, I brought up like, you know, being different from my family and breaking out of like different structures and things of that nature is because it really developed the empath in me. I had to become a very keen observer of society. What do I say? How do I laugh? How do I fit in? In a way I had to become a little bit of a chameleon to like learn what is out there to kind of like blend in with what's out there. And so I put myself through school and I went to NYU and then I continued to like build my online businesses. But I think that it's all the pain and suffering that I went through in life that, that really broke 
broke down my cerebral overthinking data science brain and opened up my heart to feel and to experience and trust my intuition that now I see things so clearly that most people can't see and I can correlate things so well. And I understand human psychology, right? Like I know what will piss you off and make you want to smack me. So I will make sure not to do that. Therefore, I am so good at reading cues and I'm so good at understanding humans and their emotions that it really helped me build amazing websites because I understand how the eye works without even heat mapping the website. I already knew that. How to interior design an apartment, how to talk to landlords to give me their entire building to do Airbnb arbitrage there, right? Um, How to just curate experiences for guests how to understand how to use data science, which my brain has been doing all along. You see, that's something also very special to women. I think women are very lucky to be in the, in the workforce now, although it can, I, I would never try to be a masculine energy. I am very good at being a woman. You know how a woman can remember what you did 20 years ago, yeah. right? But that's what makes me so good at what I'm doing is because I can correlate things. My spaghetti brain remembers every single detail. And I can remember what that hotel did in that region at that time that caused that thing to happen. And I saw somebody act this way and say this message on my, you know, in this unit, in that building downtown, in that zip code. And therefore I know that X, Y, and Z will happen and come together. And I'm able to create these amazing experiences because my brain is literally the original, like data science machine, right? It's like, that's what we are. And so I, I really, really give all of this credit to my the life that I went through and the 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 opening of my heart and my intuition and my guidance that is beyond the brain. And there was one quote that I heard that really resonated with me. Um, they said the longest journey is from the head to the heart. And I truly believe that. And if you want to take your business to the next level, if you want to crack open your hotel, if you want to increase nightly rates, if you really want to like curate something that's above and beyond what's out there. It's not going to come from your head. It's going to come from your heart. Mm. Mm. I love that. I've, (laughs) I've actually never related to a guest on a personal level because very similar backgrounds, very similar. I think when you said the word chameleon, I totally relate to that because I, I'm the seventh child of seven. So having five sisters. I'm the oldest of six. Okay. I think we (laughs) talked about this actually. Yeah. And so, um, you're very, very right. Uh, all the women in my life, AKA my sisters and, uh, all five of them, uh, are very remember every detail. So I, I totally get that. And I, I, yeah, I, I think that is a really good way of explaining the overall, I think growth of, you know, a person's journey where you've lived multiple lives in one life. Um, because that I think gives, it just gives so much value to everyone else around you. Um, you know, especially now that you're, I think the word that you said was empathy, like just having that more empath life, uh, outlook, um, is rare, is really rare. So I just want to say, totally relate to you. And yeah, I think that's why we connected so, so good at, at the beginning when we, uh, first started about this podcast. So. Um, yeah, thank you. And and if anybody is listening in this audience that is just starting out on their journey and they feel like 2020 knocked their business off their feet and they don't know what they're going to do next, let yourself guide yourself. Just don't be like, I want to be this thing and this person and this whatever. No, like just let it guide you. It's, it's going to flow. Did I think I'm going to be where I am today? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. So you just kind of have to like pivot and go with the flow. And it's not this like hokey dokey spirituality. You don't have to meditate and howl at the moon. You just need to, well, definitely meditate, (laughs) but also, you know, continue working. I love, I love that. That's so good. Well, Chloe, um, obviously all the guests know that I, or not all the guests, all the audience members know that I put everything in the show notes. So your amazing bio headshots, all that good stuff is going to be there. Just getting your headshots won't be there, but um, your, uh, all your information is going to be there. So where's your like number one place that people can reach out to you no matter what for anything, anything that we talked about? I would say, I would say Instagram. So if you come to my Instagram, you can DM me questions that I can make a YouTube video about to answer that or LinkedIn. So my Instagram, my YouTube, my website is real deals by Chloe. Um, so it's all the same handle. And then my LinkedIn, it's Chloe Cohen. Um, you know, it says CEO of brick because, you know, that's my professional, um, accolades. And so you can reach me on either one of those places and I'm usually available to chat. Awesome. Well, you heard it. Everyone that listens to this podcast, you can find it all there. Everything's on the show notes, click the links, enjoy. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you guys again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, all my slick talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked and not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct. You can stop stressing at least a little bit and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.